Hey guys, Jared here with the Shooting Institute. Uh, this is our third episode of the podcast. So we appreciate all those who have listened. And uh, for those new listeners, go back and listen to the last two. They're going to kind of prep you for this. Um, but uh, got Stephen Nick still here. I still have not learned how to run a podcast on my own, so we can just kick him to the curb. So I'm uh, still here, guys. I'm still uh, here. A lot, a lot of people are liking, uh, liking the fact that he he doesn't have a whole lot of knowledge. But hopefully, that knowledge is being increased over the last few podcasts. It has absolutely, um, absolutely. You know, uh, episode one, you know, was kind of our pilot episode. We talk about simplifying the chaos. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Episode two is more of is kind of getting into that training and understanding those seven fundamentals of marksmanship. We also talked about close quarter battle. So please, if you haven't listened to it. Go do yourself a favor. Go learn something. Go listen to episode two. For episode three, we're going to talk a little bit about some gear and if if gear really makes a difference, you know, when you're doing training or, or when you're, you know, in these close quarter battles or active shooter situations, it, you know, whatever your job is, whatever you're doing, does gear really make a difference? So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'll let Jared kick us off with some prayer and then we'll get started. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for this time together. Uh, you say where two or three are gathered in your, in your name, there you are in the midst of them. And uh, we are gathered here in your name, Lord. Uh, and we do ask that everything we do would honor and glorify you and that ultimately your name and your gospel would be furthered, Lord Jesus. Uh, but we do thank you for the opportunity to be, to be able to, to talk about, you know, cool things like gear, body armor, guns, you know, all that stuff that we can go out and, uh, you know, kill bad guys with because that is a good thing and we just ask that that ultimately that it wouldn't revolve around us or what we're doing but it would revolve around you and if anybody anybody that's hearing this doesn't know you that they would come to know you as their personal lord and savior we love you jesus we praise you we pray this in your name amen amen let's talk about some gear if it actually makes a difference oh it, it absolutely does yeah. i mean that's what it really boils down to it really does make a difference but uh it's the application of what we're using, right? right. So um, we'll just tap off into it uh, with, uh, with a, a good example, uh, a Christian example, a biblical example that I like to often use, uh, and that's David slew Goliath with a slingshot. Sure did. Now, let's go ahead and preface that really quick. Just take a, a few minutes here to, to, to preface the whole thing. David was really good with that slingshot. And actually, the slingshot was used back in that in those times as a weapon of war. David had used his slingshot um, to defend his flock, right? Um, and if you really want to go into further you know, detail on it, when Goliath was hit with that, that slingshot at the, at, you know, from, from a little bit of distance as David ran down the hill, uh, it probably hit him with a force of a, a 45 ACP at the muzzle, which would be about 450 foot-pounds of energy. So it was not a child's toy. It was a tool. It was a piece of gear. It was something that could be used uh, for war. David had put on all of Saul's gear, though, right? The armor, the sword, the shield, all of that crap that, that, that Goliath had. Goliath had, you know, a javelin that was, you know, upwards of 100 pounds. He had kit and gear and all that stuff. Uh, that was, you know, that was upwards of 50 pounds. I mean, he had all of this stuff on, and the Bible actually does give you, in, the, in that story, does give you the weights of, of everything, how much it weighed that yeah. Goliath was carrying. So he had all this cool gear, and David tried to put on all that assault, but he couldn't move in it. He didn't, he couldn't fight in it. So he used the tools that he had that he knew how to use, 
and he took um, took the tool because he had an understanding of the tool and how to use it. But instead of applying it to killing the lion or the bear, as he talks about he did, he applied it to the killing of Goliath. Now, the Lord was with him, and we all understand that in the biblical story, that that was ultimately God's victory. But David understood a tool, and he applied it. Even though that tool was viewed as way less than what Goliath had coming at him with the armor and the sword and the spear and the shield and all that, and when, when David popped him in the head with that, he ran up there to Goliath, I cut think, his head off. Yeah, I, I think what you just said is the key. He took the tools that he had and that he knew best and that he knew that he could use and obviously, you know, take Goliath down. So That's right. So it's, it's all application mixed with that piece of gear, right? Because if I don't, it doesn't matter how good the gear is, if I don't know how to use it or apply it to the situation I'm in, I mean, it's it's just like, you know, we show up, hey, Ricky Bobby, you know, I don't know what to do with my hands right now, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's the same sort of thing. Um, and so with gear, it's the same deal. Yes, gear matters, but only if I know how to use that piece of gear that can make my life easier. Yeah, and I guess we can go ahead and get into some of this gear, you know, that, that we're going to talk about um, with pistol or rifles. I know you've gotten this question asked a lot to you. You'd run an optic on your pistol. Yeah, so that's definitely probably the thing I hear the most because they're becoming so prominent nowadays. The RMR, the Sig Romeo, you know, whatever it is. Hey, do you, do you run an optic on your pistol? And their answer, the answer is sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, the main reason I've started running the optic on my pistol, uh, Rebels has started running an optic on his pistol a lot more, and we'll talk about why uh, here shortly. He's not here to defend himself or punch me in the face, so we can make <laughs> fun of him some uh, for his age. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, the reason guys ask that is because it's becoming prominent, right? They're seeing a lot more of these, these red dot optics on the, on the pistols. And, uh, you know, do they work? Do they actually make you better? Yes, they do. What they actually do is they help – remove one of the things we talked about in the sight situation on the seven fundamentals of marksmanship and that's sight alignment because if that optic is sighted in i now don't have to line up my sights to get that front sight focus they help me with that um they also help with uh shooting on on night vision because now as opposed to shooting down the frame of my pistol if i'm wearing a set of nods that little thing lights up you know in front of my nods if i hold it out in front of them so it does make it a little bit easier there um but Probably the biggest thing that I've heard that why that piece of equipment is good is for uh, like what Rebels talks about. He's, he keeps talking about now he's like 150,000 years old, so he's the oldest dude we know. <laughs> Him and Troy, Troy, Troy Dehart's another old turd. But uh, for all you old guys out there that are getting mad, I know y'all are all tough. Hey, don't mess with a guy who's old in a in a you know community where men die young. Yeah, all that crap. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say this too, Jared. Technically. We're millennials, you know that, don't you? Yeah, I know. Like just I, barely. I know. I, that's kinda... I, I know. I, I don't. I don't put myself in that category, but technically we are. I, mean, I, I was born in '85. Are you '86? '86. Yeah. yeah. And so. just, just realize, if you're a millennial, you're a bunch of you know, for the most part, unless you have a mindset like we have, you're you're a crybaby douchebag, bunch of socialist. <laughs> hum- we, we, we're not even going to get into that. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that is true. So we are part of the suckiest yeah, generation, yeah, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so Rebels, one of the biggest complaints he has is the more he she's like, man, I, he cannot get front sight focus uh, like he used to. So let's say we're shooting, 
you know, plate rack at, at 50 or 60 meters, right? Yeah. So you've got the little six-inch plate at 50 or 60 meters or something. You know, he struggles getting that front sight focus, which hurts his ability to be able to shoot, um, which that's a precise shot to shoot that, you know, at 50 or 60 meters of pistol. He struggles being able to get that. But the red dot does help him with that. So – uh, when we shoot plate racks at, at, at distance or if we're shooting a target, you know, even at 100 meters, we can, you know, we're planking a little eight-inch plate with our with our Sig Romeos, pretty easy. So that is what the benefit is behind it. That's where the gear helps. Where that piece of gear hurts is, let's say you're, you're working and you get, it's foggy, right? So you've got fogginess on your, on your lens. If you have mud on it and you can't see the red dot, if the screen gets knocked out, which we'll talk a little bit about between the, the, the EOTech and the aimpoint, the holographic sight and the red dot, there are things that make that not good. So you still need to be able to shoot with your sights. It's not something that negates our iron sights on our pistol, but it is something that does help me uh, be able to shoot better and quicker. Uh, but at the same time, if that's the only thing I know how to use, I'm not going to be able to shoot my weapon system when that doesn't work. Heck, the battery died, and right. I've got to go back to my irons. So, right. um, so those are hopefully the benefits and then the the negatives behind it. So. What's what's some default gear that that you have to have? You got to have sight on your pistol. You got to have irons. Yeah. You know, on your rifle, you got to at least have a front sight on your rifle. You know, you need you need irons. Yeah. Um, so that's some default gear you got to have. You got to have you got to have iron sights on your weapon system. Uh, you got to have body armor. You got to have kit. You know, a lot of people ask a lot of questions about what do you do with your kit. Um, really, that's up to up to you. But that does matter, you know, because if I'm wearing a if I'm wearing plates that don't stop bullets, uh, well, then why wear the plates, <laughs> right? right? So, um, you know, those are things that help me uh, uh, throughout the throughout the process. Is, is there any gear out there that that's not necessarily required or needed? That, that you say, hey, man, this is like, this is something that I really, really love and I have to have myself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I got, I've got a, I've got a buddy. I won't mention his, his name. He's a solid dude. He hates a sling because, yeah. you know, a sling is arguably what got him created the, the, him not being able to get his rifle up and shoot a guy that actually shot him in the arm. Mm. He survived and he smoked the dude that, that shot him, but, um, he hates a sling. Right. Well, you do need a sling to transition. He just throws a rifle on the ground as transition, according yeah. to him. Right. Yeah. So you do need a sling to transition to your pistol, but that would be something I would say you have to have. You need to be able to. You need to be able to run a sling. Um, you need to be able to, uh, you know, have a have some way to hold your pistol on you. I do not care. Like I was like, hey, what do you got? Concealed holster and all that. I carry my pistol in my waistband. I hate most concealed holster options. The only time I put my pistol in a holster is when I'm running something on the range or when I'm actually operating and I'm and I have that pistol hanging out. Otherwise, it goes inside my waistband. Uh, Rebels is the same way. That's what he runs. Uh, and and uh, so uh, yeah, some way to hold your, your your pistol on your body if you're going to carry it, a holster or have have a waistband that facilitates being able to put your pistol in it uh, is, is another option. Sights on your gun, obviously. Uh, you don't have to have. Uh, a red dot or holographic sight, but for a rifle, I would go ahead and say if you're running a carbine on a tack team or whatever, yes, that turns into a must uh, because uh, it's a uh, it just makes your life so much easier. You can run a front sight, but the problem is you're running you know a dark area or whatever that that sight gets harder to see and it's not as precise. I have a selfish personal question. All right, is there a pistol that you prefer for like an everyday everyday guy like like myself you know just going to work doing my thing eight to five is there anything that you suggest for for myself oh absolutely i i really love a sig 320 
Yeah. Um, their new SIG striker fire pistol, I say new, it's been out for quite a few years now. I've been running a, a SIG 320 for, for a long time. Uh, I think the one concealed carrier that they have now, Rebels has one. It's a P365, I believe. Uh, it's an excellent pistol, s- slim. Uh, Glock does make a good, uh, I think it's called a, uh, uh, you got the, the Glock, you know, Glock 19 is a good one to carry. I, I also carry that. It's a great pistol, but it's a, uh, uh, a 42, I believe, is the nine millimeter version of the Glock. That's you know real slim, small. You can put in your waistband, carry easy. I suggest that. Okay. You know, so a Sig or a Glock um, for a carry pistol, and they've got plenty of options. I believe it's the 365, and then the Glock 42 are the two versions that I would suggest for a carry gun. Perfect. Perfect. Good stuff. And and I I know I kind of drifted a little away from uh, from the gear making a difference because I had, I had that selfish question I had to get no, out there good. and ask because I needed to know for myself. So. Uh, is there anything else you want to share with us about, you know, the gear making a difference? Yeah, so um, we can get into optics a little bit. So, when I, you know, I'm big on EOTech or Aimpoint, those are great optics you run. Uh, we work with Vortex a lot. Vortex makes some great red dot sights. When I say EOTech or Aimpoint, those are just the, the common brands they know. But uh, the Crossfire, the Vortex Crossfire is a great red dot sight. The, their AMG is a great holographic sight that's uh similar to uh, an EOTech. And the difference between those two is you got a holographic sight and a red dot sight, which is a laser that's imposed on a piece of glass. Long story short, the guy's like, hey, what do you prefer? I like the big window of holographic sights. I don't generally like the big uh, the big dot, the big red dot that you see. Yeah. Uh, I'd like the tiny red dot that's with a laser imposed on, you know, on glass. With that being said, if you knock the glass out on that laser imposed dot sight, it doesn't work anymore versus a holographic sight. You knock the front glass out, it can still work. Uh, and it does have a bigger window. It's not looking like like you're looking down a toilet paper tube. That's in the tactical world, in the hunting world, or in what we're doing um, with like some of the NACOA guys we work with and everything, uh, or some of the long-range hunters. Uh, having an optic that works for you. You know, if you're 100 and in, you don't need a gridded reticle with a lot of stuff. You don't need a turret dial, you know, a, a turret style scope. Um, you need something that's very simple. I can zero set it 100 yards and I've got nice fine, whether it's a duplex reticle or, or, or fine crosshairs, I've got that to work with. Um, and that's 100 and in. That's great for guys. If I'm going to go further than really 100 or 200 yards out shooting, if I'm shooting 500, 600, 1,000, 1,200, 1,500, you know, there's a lot of uh, different types of reticles out there. Horse reticles, Vortex, we work with them. They have a, they have a great reticle. I, I really like their reticle. They also offer a horse reticle in their Razor models uh, and turret dial scopes. So it uh, just really depends on what you're doing. If you have questions about specific gear, uh, for what you're doing, whether it's long-range hunting, whether it's close-range, uh, we're doing a sniper class next week, or marksman observer class for law enforcement, which is you know your, your law enforcement snipers next week. If you have specific questions, military snipers or whatever, uh, hit us up, um, Jared, J-A-R-E-D, at theshootinginstitute.com. I generally answer most, most gear questions. And uh, for people, training questions would be mrebel still at the shootinginstitute.com. But we can help you with that specific gear. Does gear matter? Yes, it does. But only once you know the specific application of that gear. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of information there. And, and once again, a short amount of time. So, obviously, Jared said, if you've got any questions, send him an email about some of that, some of that gear. And, you know, obviously he talked about, yes, gear does make a difference in, in, our, in our day and age. So Now, we'll wrap it into this. Um, when it comes down to the specific application of that gear, across the board, 
you have your ABCs when it comes to gear. And that's always be cool. Because if you do not look cool, whatever you're doing, you're going to suck. That's, I mean, that's... Hey, you got to dress the part. You got to feel right. Got to dress the part, man. Got to dress the part. So well, good. Well, good. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Once again, if you have not subscribed, hit the subscribe button. We, we, we need that. Just do it, do it for us. Uh, also, leave us some feedback. Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Jared, I've enjoyed this. We're going to have episode four coming out some other time, too, as well. So I think we're going to have Stan Wiggins on the Yeah, on so we're going to have uh, Stan and Mike uh, Rebels coming up as our next guest to help facilitate episode four and episode five. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Sounds good. Thank you, Jared. Hey, we'll see you guys next time.